This is Capital News Roundup from Capital News Illinois. I'm Jennifer Fuller. Here are our top stories for the week ending February 16th. With less than a week before Governor J.B. Pritzker delivers his budget and state of the state address, the state and Cook County announced Thursday they'll spend another $250 million to respond to a sustained influx of migrants who've been sent to Illinois from the country's southern border. It's part of a $321 million sum that the state, county, and city of Chicago agreed was necessary to respond to the influx of migrants for the remainder of the year. Illinois has pledged $182 million to the response, along with $70 million from the county, but Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson would not commit to chipping in, despite claims that he agreed to do so last week. At a news conference on Thursday, Johnson was reluctant to answer questions about the city's involvement in that agreement, saying he was, quote, not aware of a deal. The budget address is scheduled for noon on Wednesday, February 21st. We'll have full coverage at CapitalNewsIllinois.com. CNI reporters spent a lot of time following court cases this week. On Friday, lawyers for a group of voters objecting to Donald Trump's candidacy in Illinois appeared in a Chicago courtroom to argue their case. The case revolves around whether Trump is eligible to run in Illinois, and objectors point to a provision in the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution as grounds to kick him off the ballot. Objectors say Trump engaged in an insurrection and is therefore disqualified. It's a similar argument to one that went before the nation's high court last week in a case from Colorado. No date has been set for justices to rule on that case. Friday's arguments focused on whether the Illinois State Board of Elections made a mistake in allowing Trump to appear on the March 19th primary ballot. Attorneys for the Trump campaign say the issue is political and there's no law to keep the former president from running. On Monday, two national gun rights organizations officially asked the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the state of Illinois' ban on assault weapons and large-capacity magazines. The Colorado-based National Association for Gun Rights and the Nevada-based Firearms Policy Coalition filed separate petitions asking the high court to reverse a decision from the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, which ruled in November not to temporarily block the law. The groups claim the law violates the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. The NAGR appeal also challenges a local assault weapons ban in the city of Naperville. Illinois lawmakers passed the ban just over a year ago after a mass shooting at a Fourth of July parade in Highland Park in 2022 left seven people dead and dozens more injured. The high court is expected to announce soon whether it will hear the appeal. Meanwhile, in Springfield, former state Senator Sam McCann's federal trial on corruption charges finally got underway after months of delays, including a hospital stay last week. On Thursday, as federal prosecutors were prepping to rest their case after two days of witness testimony, the defendant made an abrupt announcement. He'd plead guilty on all counts. McCann was accused of converting hundreds of thousands of campaign dollars to personal use. His trial had been delayed on numerous occasions, including in November when he fired his legal team and then again last week when he was admitted to a St. Louis hospital for an undisclosed health issue. Judge Colleen Lawless has scheduled McCann's sentencing for June and on Friday ruled he'll remain in federal custody until that date. Also this week, the once top aide to former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan was sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison. Tim Mapes, who spent more than two decades working for Madigan, was sentenced on Monday in Chicago. 
A jury convicted Mapes in August on one count each of perjury and obstruction of justice for lying to a grand jury investigating Madigan's inner circle. Madigan has since been indicted on bribery and racketeering charges. He awaits his own trial scheduled for October. In other news, customers pay more than $50 million each year for utilities, lawyers, and corporate donations. That's according to new data compiled by consumer advocates. Those costs include charitable contributions, trade association memberships, and teams of lawyers that argue for increased rates. But all that could change under a proposal in Springfield that would limit what utilities can charge customers for. The legislation, backed by the Citizens Utility Board and AARP Illinois, would restrict cost recovery for things like political spending, goodwill advertising, and charitable contributions. Consumer advocates say this would bring Illinois in line with nationwide best practices for charitable contributions, while also protecting consumer interests. Three states have already passed comparable legislation. Six others are considering implementation for similar reforms now. Illinois is poised to double the number of public rapid chargers for electric vehicles this year thanks to federal and state funding on multiple projects. The state's goal to have a million EVs on the road by 2030 means thousands more chargers are needed. Two federal programs, along with Illinois' Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, are pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into charging station construction projects. There are two types of chargers being installed, level two chargers, which take five to six hours to fully charge an EV, and direct current or DC fast charging ports. They can do the same job in less than an hour. State leaders say nearly 2,000 DC chargers will be complete by the end of this year, but they'll need 7,000 to reach their goal by 2030. Another 26,000 level two chargers will also be needed. Millions of dollars in federal funding is helping to build the chargers in public places like hotels, shopping centers, and gas stations. Another federal program aims to put a charging station at least every 50 miles on certain highway corridors. Teamsters Union employees who authorized a strike last week protested outside Illinois Department of Transportation offices in Springfield and Collinsville this week against what they say are unfair labor practices and stalled contract negotiations. The state and union remain at odds over health care and wages. IDOT is asking Teamsters members to switch from the union-run health insurance plan they are currently on to a new plan that the union says amounts to a 20% pay cut. Teamsters Local 916 President J.P. Fyans says negotiations have been going on since before the contract expired last July. But he says in November, IDOT began engaging in anti-labor behaviors, which led the Teamsters to file unfair labor practice complaints with the Illinois Labor Relations Board. If there is a strike, Fyans says it could impact travelers all over Illinois as projects would be delayed. The roads and the bridges, a lot of these people inspect and maintain bridges, and we know that there's been unsafe bridges for a long time. Those things need to be fixed. Um, it could be as minor as pothole patching not getting done in time. It could be just a major roads to be down to one lane. Fian says there are more bargaining sessions scheduled, and those are critical to deciding the Teamsters' next steps. When asked for comment on the charges, an IDOT spokesman said they're continuing their negotiations with the hopes of coming to an agreement soon. You can read the full statement at CapitalNewsIllinois.com.
Federal and state leaders toured sites in Illinois this week, checking on progress and announcing more funding for mine reclamation projects. The state is getting $75 million in federal funds to complete reclamation projects on abandoned mine lands. They include places like Lutheran High School in Springfield. The school had a mine subsidence event in 2022 that led to the school having to relocate. These reclamation projects address public safety hazards like subsidence and acid runoff. Illinois Department of Natural Resources Director Natalie Phelps Finney says the money is coming to a critical point in many communities across Illinois. This funding is a lifeline. First, it will help the state of Illinois do the reclamation work that's needed to protect public health, safety, and our precious environment. Then it will allow communities, local communities, to make plans and find purpose for this restored land. The funding is all part of a federal bipartisan infrastructure law that helps with projects across the state. The Illinois Department of Natural Resources says its goal is to complete 81 reclamation projects over the next five years. That'll do it for this week's Capital News Roundup. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast and others by visiting CapitalNewsIllinois.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Fuller. Capital News Illinois is a nonprofit, nonpartisan news service covering Illinois government. Major funding is provided by the Illinois Press Foundation and the Robert R. McCormick Foundation. Additional support comes from the Illinois Broadcasters Foundation and the Southern Illinois Editorial Association.